Welcome to the ICC Pulse podcast. Join us each month as our host and Vice President of Communications, Whitney Dahl, guides us through the inside scoop on the Code Council and the building safety industry. Hello, and welcome to a special collaboration of the ICC Pulse podcast and ResNet's ResTalk podcast. I'm your host today, Bill Spohn. Typically, I'm the ResTalk host, but for today's kind of special circumstances, I've expanded my role uh, at the invitation of ICC and ResNet to serve as the host for this combined podcast. And this is a collaboration episode, and we'll be talking to a couple different people, one from ResNet, and that would be Program Director Ryan Mears, and then the Code Council Executive Director of Sustainability for Programs and Sustainability Programs, and that would be Dave Walls. So I want to welcome you both, Ryan and Dave, here. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having us, Bill. You're welcome. So today we want to talk about a few topics, and one of them is really the reason why we're here is a common goal of promoting Building Safety Month. We want to spread awareness about this important topic of building safety. And we're going to release this episode. It'll come out during the third week of Building Safety Month, and I believe that's May 13th, 2019. And we'll be talking about securing clean, abundant water for all communities, a really important topic as we look in our crystal ball of the future. So both associations here, ResNet and, and the Code Council, have some goals for achieving clean and abundant water. And let's explore first, Dave, what's your spin on the topic about clean water? Clean water obviously is a critical part of our uh, daily lives. We have our codes, which provide all that, the safety, the minimum safety requirements for the design and function getting clean water to the homes or through the homes and used to fixtures so people can drink, obviously safely, as we've seen in Michigan, where what happens when uh, things don't go well. And certainly ICC is committed to ensuring through our codes that that type of instance doesn't happen. Are there any particular initiatives that are going on now with regard to securing clean water? Well, for the International Code Council, we have our international codes, which all deal with health and safety issues in general. But particularly as to water, we have our International Plumbing Code, which provides health and safety for clean water once it enters a site into a building. So it, all the fixtures, all the fittings, all the piping are all going to provide the clean water uh, that's brought to the site. And as far as abundance, uh, we certainly all the fixtures, things will have uh, a reduction in use. So you both provide conserve, you can conserve water as well as it's more efficient. As far as even stepping it one further, we have our International Reconstruction Code, which provides uh, a water, again, reduction, more efficiency, more conservation to provide even a greater savings. And ultimately, when you save water at, at each building, you save water uh, for the community. We also had our PMG Roundtable discussion, which was at our hearings in Albuquerque in April. And that is, we had three panels to discuss the water issues, um, we also have our Global Connections Day, which this year's theme is water, safety, efficiency, and conservation. And that will be bring people from around the world to discuss issues. Water is not just a, a U.S. or California or any particular state theme. I mean, it's issues completely around the world. Last year, we had a brief discussion on it and had a lot of discussion. Could have gone on for a long time. And this year, the entire day is going to be dedicated to that. We also have a standard, our rainwater harvesting standard, which is uh, ANSI approved. And also is uh, we have partners of CSA, our Canadian partners, that develop this. And that will help provide all the safe and healthy use of rainwater harvesting. 
So if you want to collect water through a barrel or through other devices, maybe underground tank, this will provide all the information you need to do meet that. And then, of course, Building Safety Month is week three, uh, securing clean, abundant water for all communities. And that's a very important thing we push every year is our Building Safety Month. And uh, with that week particularly, we're going to focus on clean, abundant water. Got it. Ryan, you could probably step off from there uh, in terms of the green aspect for ResNet and the interest in water. Yeah. So ResNet, of course, has the HERS index, which is focused on energy efficiency. But with the increasing uh, focus being brought to water and the everyone having access to water and uh, sometimes scarcity, especially in different regions of the U.S. where it's very dry of water, we looked into what would it take to create a, a similar index where you could rate a home for its water efficiency, and which it's something that could allow potential home buyers to look at in terms of how efficient their home is for both energy and also for water. So I think Dave already has this the international plumbing code in place. Is the ResNet standard a new one and where's it stand in progression? Yeah. So one of our, so ICC is a partner with us on what's going to be referred to as uh, ResNet ICC standard 1101, the water rating index. And that standard is right now out for public comment. The public comment period ends at the end of April and potentially it will go final after that. If there's some changes, we may have to go to a third round of public comment, but definitely before the end of 2019, I expect that standard to be published and ResNet is preparing the implementation of that standard, which will be called HERS H2O. And that is the water efficiency component of the HERS index. So a home could be rated for water and energy efficiency. I got it. This is a uh, cooperative standard, as you mentioned, or partner standard on the HERS H2O, which builders can use and other people in the real estate market can use to evaluate and compare a home's water usage efficiency to other homes. You touched on a little bit, Ryan, but I'll give Dave a chance maybe to talk about why water efficiency is so important. Are there any views that you have on that? Uh, yeah, certainly. I think as we know, as we've seen what's happened in California and the West, uh, a couple of years ago, we went through a very serious drought of uh, about five years and, and water scarcity became critical in the state. Uh, fortunately, this year, I think the drought is declared officially over for the state, but, yeah, but droughts that. come and go. So. And as the population and demand for water in California or, or throughout the world uh, continues to increase, and we know there's only a limited amount of water that exists. And with climate change, you're seeing redistribution of that water. So areas where abundant water used to be or are less, California never used to worry about it or seemingly never used to worry about it. And now it's a very serious effort. So water conservation measures help in all of our needs again, and, and providing that critical part of our lives. My feeling is we can live without many things, but one thing we cannot live without is water. It's probably second to air. <laughs> Thank you for that, Dave. And so let's get a little bit more granular and talk to Ryan about, just touch on some of the areas that the HERS H2O standard, what are some of the guidelines in there? Yeah, so HERS H2O addresses both indoor and outdoor water use, depending on which part of the country you're in. Outdoor water use, especially in dry areas where you're using landscape irrigation, outdoor water use can be as much as 70% of your total water use for the home. So we address both indoor and outdoor. Some of your basic things inside, like your faucets and shower heads and toilets and clothes washer and dishwasher, as well as whether or not there's a pool or a spa on the property, 
the type of landscape irrigation when you start thinking about outdoor water use, what type of landscape irrigation system are they using? All this goes into a calculator to produce an index score, but it also provides an estimate of actual water use in that it's an asset based rating. So it's just, it's not based on behavior or what the occupants are doing, but it'll give you an idea for the infrastructure of that home in terms of plumbing systems. How efficient is it going to operate? How efficient is it likely to operate? So sort of the potential for that comparing potentials, but like you said, your results will vary. Your mileage will vary. You both spoke about some examples in the United States and I'll reflect this question back on Dave. Is, is there ever any consideration for this being an international standard, or what's the perspective on that? Is it strictly for North America, U.S.? Uh, no, it can certainly go internationally. I, I work in the Middle East right now, working also in Bangladesh and some other countries. So as this develops, and the only thing we would have to do, because it's based on the 2006 model home, which would be typical in the U.S., you would need to kind of re reframe that because in other countries, you know, many other countries, the style of building is different. So, uh, but certainly the, the idea of water conservation is not a U.S. only phenomena. I mean, that is world, it's an mm-hmm. issue uh, everywhere. So any, any way to possibly uh, conserve water, any methods is going to be accepted everywhere. So I'll come back to you again, Dave, with this question. Are, are there any tips that you have for, say, that even the general listener, because we all we all have homes pretty much, and how could we conserve water and be more careful about that? Uh, in terms of water, I think the, the one thing that most of us, that we can't control through codes or standards is human habits. So the one thing people need to be conscientious of is, you know, shorter showers, don't let your water run while you're brushing your teeth, you know, things of that measure. But secondly, on the other side, I think, you can certainly use the H2O or HERS H2O standard once it's done to check your home and see, rate your home, figure out where you're at. But there are other methods of using uh, rainwater capturing or using gray water reuse, or certainly changing all your fixtures to uh, low flow, things of that nature. Especially if you have an older home, newer homes typically are going to have somewhat lower flow, but, but older homes... They can use an update. And Ryan, anything to add to that? Yeah, I guess I'll go back to an earlier comment about kind of depends on which part of the country you're in, in in terms of what's your biggest water consumer. If you're in the north, say, where you have fairly long winters and uh, get a decent amount of rainfall, the bulk of your water use is going to be in indoor water use. But if you live, say, in the desert southwest and you have a green lawn and plenty of nice plants, that are all fed by an automatic irrigation system, chances are 70% of your water use is going to be through your outdoor irrigation. So you may want to contact an irrigation professional, have them come do an audit of your system, or at the very least, go out and check and make sure there's no leaks in your system. See how well it's performing. That would have a huge impact on a homeowner's water use, say, in the Southwest, if that was their situation. And then I certainly agree with what Dave said about behavior. That's a really important aspect of it. And you know, we can we can rate something based on the systems that are in the home, but we can never predict how the homeowner is going to use those systems. So behavior is a, a big aspect of ultimate end use. Sure. Same as with energy use too. David mentioned something there that was interesting. Um, he said, rate your own home to the standard. Is, is there any thought given to creating like a short form for consumers? We currently have a calculation spreadsheet that with a little bit of teaching, a homeowner could actually 
take right now and and rate their own. We haven't thought through whether that's something we don't do that on the HERS on the energy side for the HERS index because it's a little bit too complex. The water side is actually a little bit simpler. So with some training, it's something that I think is a possibility and maybe one that uh, we'll consider down the road. Interesting. Good. So are, are there any topics that come to mind here on, on this topic of the collaboration that we, we have that we might not have touched upon already? Dave? No, I don't think so. I, I just think it's a really good collaboration between ICC and ResNet. I think we're both uh, have, have goals in mind, uh, looking towards water conservation and, and certainly utilizing standards and codes to assist in doing that. And, and I think we're both perfect match for that. And did this come about as a sort of an event or just sort of a, a long going spectrum of co- collaboration and cooperation, this particular one? I think it's kind of been a little bit of both. I think we've worked together on a number of things and I believe ResNet, and I don't recall exactly how it all came together, but I believe ResNet sort of had the idea and we began discussing it and believe that a joint effort would be the best for everyone. Yeah, I think that's about right. ICC was is also a partner on standard 301, which is the energy component of rating a home. So I think this was kind of a, a natural extension when the ResNet board made the decision to pursue a water rating index. I think it was natural that ICC, who certainly also has an interest in, in water efficiency as they do in, in energy efficiency with the energy code, be it they were a natural partner for us. Very good. I'm going to sort of wrap up here. And there's a final question that typically is tossed out on the ICC Pulse. And that it deals with if you could choose your favorite building, and maybe that's because of the style of architecture, the, maybe the type of materials used, uh, something fun or funny related to it, or some kind of connection. What would that be and why? And I'm going to kick it to Ryan first. Yeah, so I thought a little bit about this. And on the topic of water, one house that came to mind was the was Frank Lloyd Wright's Falling Water House. And that was of particular interest to me because early on, my grandfather is an architect and and a general contractor. And in his office, he has a large picture of the Falling Water House. And I always thought it was a really cool house, even though I knew nothing about it as a kid. It always intrigued me. So that's mine. That definitely, there's the huge visual there, and it's a very iconic building. In fact, it's near where I'm located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So, oh, cool. Been there a couple of times. Dave, what's your uh, your answer to that question? Let's choose a favorite building style, architecture, materials, et cetera. Yeah, I think for me, and you know, I've worked on buildings and I've inspected buildings, so I have a there's a lot that I really like. Uh, so, <laughs> but one in particular I think uh, stands out to me is the what they call the Ziggurat Building in Sacramento. It's a building that is, is pyramid shaped and it's along the Sacramento River and overlooks downtown Sacramento. And they, it's really uh, kind of a unique building and was actually built by a private organization and now is owned by the state of California and it houses our Department of General Services, which oversees construction of uh, state buildings. And part of that, of course, is all the buildings in California have to be certainly sustainable. And so uh, that building's been updated uh, as well as uh, they're going through all the buildings in the state. So that, that one particularly, though, is what stands out to me. I think it's the architecture. Fascinating. Um, do you know how to spell that? Because somebody might want to look it up. But Ziggurat, you said? Yeah, Ziggurat. I believe it's Z-I-G-G-E-R-A-T. But uh, it's been a while since I've, uh, I used to work for the state of California, so I used to spend time in there. But it's been a while. Got it. We, we could probably have a whole episode talking about buildings that you like, right? <laughs> You've been in enough of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. 
really want to thank you, uh, gentlemen, for joining us here today in the ICC Pulse podcast. And I want to thank ResNet and ICC for bringing me forth to be your host in this collaborative episode. And I had a lot of fun, uh, learned a little bit more about this collaboration and a little bit more about the HERS H2O. So I hope the listeners did too. And we want to thank you, gentlemen, for coming on. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Okay, you're welcome. And uh, we want you to, to listen back again next time, and you'll have your normal host, although maybe I am abnormal or perhaps, I'm not sure, but <laughs> your normal host on the ICC Pulse podcast. Thanks for listening all. Bye-bye. Subscribe to the ICC Pulse podcast on Apple Podcast or Google Play. Join us online on our website, iccsafe.org, Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Thank you for listening.